What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with my co-host. Anaya Bogue. Welcome to Rad Parenting. Super stoked to be here. I want to thank everyone once again for all of the text messages. We got a ton of them. Books are going to be being sent out. Comedy records, when they get here, will be sent Yay. to the winners. And uh, you're about to do your uh, private coaching sessions with yep. our winners as yep. well. Exactly. So once again, we make it really, really simple. All you got to do is text the word uh, parenting to 313131, and you can find out everything that is going on in Rad Parenting. It's way better than having a Twitter account or Facebook. I mean, our Facebook page is pretty rad. You can always get all of the shows there. But um, with texting the word parenting to 313131 for free, there's no, like, there's no charges. Um, we basically let you guys know uh, each and every week uh, what is on the show, who is on the show, and also send you um, information on what we are going to be talking about in the upcoming weeks. So do that. And you can keep the emails coming in at radparenting. We love those. Radparenting at gmail.com. Getting a ton of those emails. Our show last week was based on an email. Partly. Yeah. You know, parent mm -hmm. coming in going, hey, can you do a recap on the one episode? And then yeah. we dove right back in. There you go. All right. Um, I'm going to just go with real life experience. Let's do it. I wrote this down. This uh, not this. not I wrote it down this afternoon when you were headed over here. But this is something I actually, I write down ideas for the shows throughout the week, mm -hmm. just in my own house, because something will happen. I'll be like, wow, that'd be a great episode. Now it's getting to the point, too, where my daughter will be like, you better not do a show on this. <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, we did a show. You remember we did the teenage breakup, like the first, yes. which morphed into a really cool show, yes. just about relationships and being healthy. But that was from me overhearing someone that had just that was literally in a breakup. And I was like, this would be a great show. Wrote it down. Uh, this is something that actually happened, and it's been going on for a couple of weeks, um, and I felt like I'm just going to bring it to the table. How do you deal with, or what's the best way to deal with your son or your daughter becoming friends with someone that might not fit the vibe of what your family's all about in the sense of maybe some behavioral issues, mm -hmm. some stuff going on at school? Or, you know, just you pick up on a vibe like, man, you know what? Dropping the F-bomb in the living room while you're playing a video games. I can't have that going on. Right. That's, that's a, that right there is sure. an example that is leading me to the question, to this question that I'm, I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, because I don't want to be the Gestapo coming down on, you cannot hang out with this person because mm -hmm. you and I both know at least... The way I figure it'll work, if you tell people who they can and cannot be friends with, first, I don't want to be a dad like that. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't want to be a mom like that. But then I feel I have some responsibility to be like, hey, bro, you know, you're 12. I'm picking up on an energy and there's, and there's things to back up this energy sure. that I just don't know if this is the right fit or... And God, I'm going to sound like you. I, I don't. Is this a healthy relationship? Yeah, <laughs> you make that, that sound like a bad thing, Joe. No, but I just can't believe I just said healthy yeah, nice. relationship. Well, such progress we're making. Gosh, yes, we are. So, I think it's a great question, okay. and I'm sure that anybody listening, you know, as a parent, has faced that dilemma or will be facing it in the in the relatively near future. Um, you know, we see it a little bit. You know, I think when we're our children are toddlers, it actually has more to do with like what's our vibe with the other parent because that's primarily you know the kids are just going to play and busy themselves. But as our children get older, and I'm not saying like, I mean, even elementary school, and I've been through this with both my daughters, um, of course, we are going to witness 
interactions with our children and other kids that may bring out parts of their personality that were like, huh, that feels a little problematic. Or every time, you know, Pythias had a friend where, you know, every other time she'd come back home, she'd be crying or upset or needing to talk something through or whatever. And um, your instincts are right on just putting down, like being the Gestapo and putting, you know, taking a hard line and being like, you're not hanging out with that kid anymore. You know what? It's my, not It's not going to work. And they, my wife and I don't want to be, be those type of parents but in this particular situation with um, this particular relationship, it just shows the signs that it, it isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Right. So, so then it becomes a beautiful and powerful teachable opportunity. Meaning, and, and this is going to be the key thing, is that it's, it's, a good, it's good for us to get into the habit as parents of seeing our children as autonomous human beings with their own thoughts and feelings and desires and so on and so forth. We can't just co-opt that and be like, they're going to be just like me. They're going to like the same things I like. They're not going to like that, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so as part of that, what we really need to do is talk with our children. When we observe things, there's absolutely nothing wrong. And in fact, I think it's a a powerful um, basis for a, a meaningful conversation is to sit down with our kid and say, you know what? I noticed something when I watched you playing with so-and-so. I saw something in you that I don't usually see, and I'm a little bit concerned, and I want to just talk that through. Maybe I've misunderstood or whatever, but engaging in a conversation once your kid is old enough to do that um, is, is, in my opinion, always the best approach because then you are helping them to become aware of red flags, Red flags of an unhealthy relationship, red flags of a person that might not be particularly healthy, you know, um, influence or whatever. And helping them to see that will then serve as a basis for future relationships when, as they move into adolescence, they're involving us a lot less. Okay. Now, that that's where I want to... I love how you said that was, say, a toddler, younger mm-hmm. kids. Let's say that was for someone between the ages of, like, you know, zero and, say, six or mm-hmm. seven. Sure. Okay. You know, you got a 21-year-old, yeah. and you've already rolled through the, you know, uh-huh. the teen years. So I want to yeah. jump right into that. And, and I want to be more specific because I, I, I want to use these exa- the example of, of it's, it's because what I love about both my, what, my kids is they're very empathetic individuals. Mm-hmm. They're very like, hey, you know what? Especially my son. He's the most empathetic dude mm-hmm. I know. Like he's, he's so sweet. Yeah. He's a very sweet guy. And I yeah. love that about him. And, yes. I, and I mean, and, and. To the point that I remember when we were once walking around, you know, somewhere uh, in Los Angeles, and some dude was playing like saxophone, and like notes were missing, and you know, the guy, the guy, you know, for all intents and purposes, he, you know, he couldn't really play, but he's trying to make a couple bucks sure. playing the saxophone. And I, of course, said, "Wow, man, you know, maybe a little more practice before you, you know, hit the streets." And my son said, "Hey, you know what? Check it out, Dad. This guy's out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. And you're gonna and you're gonna sit there and you know say like, you gotta practice more. Yeah. Like, why don't you think?" And I was like. <laughs> I'm such an ass, and you are amazing. Yeah, I am going. You know, high fives in hell for dad, and you're gonna, have, <laughs> you know, I won't be going where you go. But with that said, mm-hmm. okay, so how do you replace like, and and this is what I mean with teens. You know, maybe a troubled kid going through some tough times, mm-hmm. whether parents are getting separated, that mm-hmm. leads to you know maybe smoking some weed or or you drinking or. And I'm not saying those are the type of things. I'm 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 going into the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and and you're like okay, and and then the kids are like, hey, you know, we know he's going through, we know he or she's going through these tough t- times. Yes, and, and we and they're we feel making, empathy, and they're making bad decisions. Like, dad, yeah. but still, yeah, shouldn't we open our home and shouldn't I be a friend to someone? Mm-hmm. That's, and then in my head, I'm like, God, 
this guy is so right, but I'm, yeah. and then I'll be honest. I'm like, yeah, but I just, I don't want bad decisions to start being part of your scene. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? What I'm it does. Yes. So and so, okay. That? So first of all, let me just say, uh, in general, and it's just, it applies in parenting as well. We rarely make solid, sound decisions from a place of fear. Very rare. And you're afraid. And I understand. And I've been in that same position. We all have as parents. We're like, it's my job to protect this kid. And something tells me that this is going to go sideways. And so I'm going to just like, you know, react instead of sit and really look at it, get the lay of the land and figure out, you know, okay, what's the best approach here to continue to... Um, teach my child, because remember, again, we our number one goal or rate top among the top three goals is to raise children who can one day be, you know, independent human beings who are capable of making good decisions and moving through the world because we can't always be with them. And that's the case even when they're younger. So my it's really, really important that you in this particular case, and for anybody listening, that we first look at our child. So if our child is repeatedly attaching him or herself to um, kids that are dealing with a lot of issues or, um, you know, are bullies or, you know, whatever. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because we had, we had some people over the other night and they were talking about something and you just brought up a point that, that I heard, um, I think the dad say was like, gosh... My son's like a magnet for the bully. Mm-hmm. Like they, they've moved to a couple different uh, uh, situations for mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. I think they might even have been new to LA, and it was like, yep. gosh, we left one place to another. And, mm-hmm. and the first kid he becomes friends with is like the bully fighter guy, and 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 the, and his son's not even like that. And and I and they said like he's almost a magnet for that. Is yep. that is that something that can happen? Like sure. And do you mean like a magnet, like to be the target of a bully, not, or no, to be friends target. with the just bully? Just like, just like, yeah. It's more not the target of like, hey, I, I'm the guy that gets you yeah. know, smacked down. Yeah, I'm the um, I'm more of like, whoa, the guy that you know, like the guy that's getting in, you know, say, yeah. trouble at school. The guy that's you know maybe the bully. Like, I, yes. I, my son or daughter tends to be okay. friends with them. They befriend those people. They're not like them, but for some reason, yes. there's, a, there's a I don't know, like it's almost like. <laughs> They're like attracted to the singer yes. of the band. Like, yes. yeah. No, no, no. I get I'm it. into that. Okay. So there's, wow. I mean, so there's- Sorry my, that I had a, I no, that's saw okay. that opportunity. My head, is, my head is like in a, like a few different places right now because this is really, you, you know, there's coffee? lots here. Do you want coffee? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so, so first of all, um, we, we have the most control, the most influence with our own child. So it's really important to step back from that preliminary feeling of like big fear and like, I just want to like make sure my kid never sees this kid anymore. Maybe we'll just start homeschooling them and they don't have to go to school and deal with this kid anymore. Okay. That is not going to be as effective as really taking a look and going, okay, so where can I have the greatest influence? Because ultimately what you want to do is have this be one situation that creates a teachable opportunity where I can give my child tools and the ability to see certain situations and to look at him or herself and figure out like, where am I in all this? Why am I always drawn to whatever, the kid that's really broken or the bully or, or whatever? And, and there's a few things at play here. One can be um, familiarity. Okay. So, um, it can be that, well, in some other usually immediate family member, there's something, for example, if let's just say, and I know that this is not the case, but let's just say that you tended to be like kind of super aggressive in your communication with Nate or, you know, really like, you know, uber, like venturing into the realm of say toxic masculinity, where you're just this like total guy's guy and you have these expectations. He may 
be drawn to other boys that are exhibiting similar characteristics because what he knows on a subconscious level is that dad loves me, I love dad, this is how dad behaves, this makes me feel like I'm in a comfortable interaction or relationship because this is what I have at home with my dad. Mm -hmm. That may be one thing. The other thing could be that the other person is filling a void, meaning that if... I don't feel like I have the ability to stand up for myself or speak up or have my own sort of strong presence. I might attach myself to a kid that does have a strong presence because that makes me feel safer or balances me out or something. Yeah. I've um, never even thought of that. That's a, that's a, you know, in this particular uh, case with just, and, and, and we're still, we kind of detoured onto this magnet for the bad kid that your mm-hmm. son or daughter might be attracted right. to. And I don't want to say bad because that's such like, it's not, I don't want to mean bad in the sense of like, they're a bad kid because- You're concerned about the interaction yeah. and the whatever yeah, it's it bringing out be, of your you know, own child. And I'll use an example of like, you know, the, the class clown. Like when I was a kid, I was totally, mm-hmm. I was totally friends with the other dude that made everyone laugh. Mm-hmm. And then we made everyone laugh together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we were a little team. Mm-hmm. And every year we were the two guys that did that. And, and what I'm wondering, what you just said made so much sense sense with there's a void mm-hmm. possibly that's not being filled mm-hmm. maybe that void is wow so-and-so gets a lot of attention mm-hmm. that attention is being told hey quit making noise hey yep. why did you put that over there yep. hey take your hands off of so-and-so hey put that down another example you know, you know what i'm saying exactly. and, then, and then that void might be like wow that attention is kind of cool i might yep. want that is that what you're saying yes wow. and, and also on that note here's the third one that person is makes me feel a way that I like to feel. I feel seen with this person. There is honestly nothing I think any human being longs for more than to be seen in our most authentic form uh, and loved. Yeah. So seen and loved in that in that light. And so the other thing that can work is almost like this like human chemistry, you know, level where it's like sometimes it's almost unexplainable. Sometimes it's like I feel like this person sees something in me and it makes me feel good. Every time I talk to him or every time I talk to her, I feel like they want to be around me, like they think I'm fun or funny or smart or whatever it is, and which is why it's so important. And let's just use that example for a minute of like how we keep this at home and we make it about our inter- like working, doing the work with our own child could be like, okay, if my kid is repeatedly attaching him or herself to kids who are troubled, who are downtrodden, who are whatever... What is it like? Yes, it could be empathy, and that is a beautiful thing. And I think that the the there's a lesson for that, which I'll speak to in a minute. But it could also be that there is something missing, whether it's low self esteem, um, you know, I'm the, your kid is struggling in school, and that when I'm with when he or she is with this other kid, it makes them feel smart. No, what you're saying makes so much sense. I, I never have thought it that way. I, I and I'll be totally honest. I'm I would come. I have come from the place of. I'm going to shut that down just out of fear, mm-hmm. just being totally straight up. I don't want that to be a part of uh, my son or daughter's scene, and I'm just going to shut it down. Where instead of going, what void? Possible? What, what you know? Is it empathetic? You know, mm-hmm. in, in my son's in my son's world, it, I know it is. It's okay. not a. It's not. So a, let's speak to that. Yeah, it's totally because he's one of those kind of guys that's just very, very um, connected to the people around him. And if yeah. he sees someone that is um, being in treated, need in or need, yeah. not being treated well, mm-hmm. is down, he's, mm-hmm. he's the first one over there to be like, what's up, bro? Okay. 
So the what I'm going to say about that, because that is that's another like legit scenario, is that it's really, really important, particularly when we have children who are empaths, who are intensely empathetic to others, who are super sensitive, who kind of have that like... My, part of my purpose on the planet is to make sure that other people are okay. What? That's a beautiful thing. However, their survival on multiple levels, I mean, their, their psychological well-being, their emotional well-being, that sometimes their physical well-being, requires that they learn how to set healthy boundaries that creates a balance between taking care of themselves and taking care of others. And we can usually that has to be flipped around. In order to take care of others, you have to make sure that you always maintain your own wellness. Because just like the uh, putting on your own oxygen mask analogy, they tell a parent to put on their oxygen mask before helping a kid because if you run out of air, you're not going to be any good to anyone. So you make sure that you're okay so that you're in the best position to help somebody else. So it's an opportunity to teach our kids how to set healthy boundaries and how to, going back to the gatekeeper and temple analogy, like you are a temple, you are a sacred place. It is your number one job to be the best version of yourself as you can possibly be. As the gatekeeper of that temple, you need to be aware that if somebody walks up to, to the door with a big bag of garbage and they want to bring it in, you need to be ready and know how to say, I'm sorry, like I, I, I don't mind you coming in, but you can't bring that garbage with you. Yeah. Because they start to recognize that if they just keep open doors like letting everybody in, then that's going to potentially be harmful to them. It, when you answer that, I'm looking at my notes right here because I was going to go into, and we just started it before I kind of threw us on the detour with the magnet to mm -hmm. the problem kid or the magnet to the kid that's you know down or whatever. You answered that great. I love that. I was going to ask you like, and I'm going to put you on the spot as as a mother of a mm -hmm. 21 year old. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. do you have any stories or examples of? You know, your daughter going through her, her existence, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, who's this today that we're friends with and yeah. getting really close you know, with? And, you know, like just, you know, one of your experiences. Yeah, well, of, I can share. Like why that. don't because I share I one that, about each of my daughters? Yeah, okay. And, and the last, because, yeah, because, and once again for the listeners, uh, we have one daughter that is about to be 21. About to be 21. And the younger one is eight. Okay, so yeah, give me one. So example it's like, from each. yeah, it's so. Because you would be making a decision not from fear. Whereas I try I'm, not to. I'm white. Have you ever white knuckled it? Absolutely. Nana? You have. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. Oh you know my how many gosh. People right now are stoked because I am. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's an ongoing. Okay. We're human. Okay. I'm great. human. Okay. So <laughs> give me these two experiences. Okay. Let's so, start with the eight year old. Is that cool? Sure. So so with my eight year old, this has been sort of that. This is very present because oh, okay. it's something that we are. You know, we've gone through a few times really since preschool, um, where. Yeah, like I, I've just had concerns, and when she was in preschool, it was easier to be like, I'm just not going to set up the play date, and also taking into account like limited ability to understand, but also don't underestimate them because you could say, you know, I noticed that, you know, Sally was just not being really good with sharing, and and I saw you sad. Um, you know, how do you feel about that? And then using that opportunity to say, a real friend. You know, somebody who is 
is part of a healthy relationship is going to balance the sharing. And I see you sharing and, and you should, it's okay for you to expect that she should share too and communicate that that's not okay if you feel like it's always one-sided. I could do a four or a five-year-old version of that. As she's gotten older, um, there has been more than one occasion with, with one of her friends where she would, I would say every other time, come home crying. Um, I mean, she's done, my, my little one is pretty intense and she'll do things like, I need to go get my like such and such stone because I've got to take my power back. Like <laughs> there's a certain awareness that she has about that feeling of like, wow, like I just spent three hours and I thought it was going to be fun and I don't feel good. And I just, I don't think I want to go back there. And those are opportunities to talk about. I use the analogy a lot with her of if you had something in your mouth that didn't taste good, what would you do? And she'd be like, well, I'd spit it out. And I'd be like, okay, so if it doesn't feel good when you're spending time with someone, you always, always have the right to say, mama, I don't want to play with that person anymore. You don't got to force it. Right. And even at school where it's a little more difficult, right? Because they're all in the same space, but even like trying to empower her, to, but with the understanding that she always has the right to choose her friends, to set boundaries, and that she's expected to also receive other people's boundaries in a healthy, accepting way when they set them. So that's that's sort of been like the way it's gone down with my with my younger daughter and always actively looking like what is it are there similarities in the people that she's attracted to she tends to be attracted to people that she can help whether it's help them to understand a concept in school or um, help them whatever like whatever advice it's definitely part of her personality she, likes to help people. she does and so there's some of that stuff that we were talking about with your son where we have to I have to help her navigate that so that she's not going too far and and denying her own wellness. Yeah, that makes sense. Once again, just recap, like taking care of yourself before you take care of others. That's right. You must have a healthy relationship with yourself in order to have a healthy relationship with someone else. That's the rule of thumb. And I love the analogy of when you're on a plane. They tell you to put the mask on your face before you put it on anyone else's. So that's what it's looked like with my younger daughter. With my older daughter, it's a little bit more difficult because I'd have to think back. But I can tell you that even as she's now fully in adulthood, I am constantly, like I've got this radar when she tells me about her friends, um, about, huh, like where is she now? Like what it, what am I learning about her by who she's drawn to spending time with? And I was really pleased. You know, she went to um, a college prep, a small college prep high school that I had certain issues with academically, like in terms of just like teaching and stuff like that. But it was really beautiful, although she resented it some of the time, that she was with a smaller group of kids where, yes, it was challenging because there were limited people to choose from, but it also meant that there wasn't room for things to go too far off the rails. And they had to figure out a way to get along, just like a family. They had to figure out a way to navigate their own needs and the needs of others. And I think that that really gave her a skill set that I see her applying now that she's out in the adult world. So I'm saying, like, I'm not giving the same specific examples, but what I am saying is that it will tell you a lot about your children if you look and you listen carefully about who they are by who they're being drawn to, what they might be struggling with based on who they're drawn to in their friendships. Well, the two examples you gave, though, I feel it just hearing you on this side of the uh, on this mm-hmm. side is that you have your eight year old and you're currently in it with mm-hmm. what you were currently past with yeah. your older right daughter. what i was dealing with once yeah, upon a time yeah so mm-hmm. it's almost now you it's it, it, we it, as the listener and as i'm sitting here right now i go oh wow so she dealt with it that way for the 8 year old and this is how the 21 year olds turned out right and so i cuz i did essentially the same thing exactly which so is, no no that, that yeah. makes sense what you're saying that makes sense what you're saying you know uh you know, i think uh w- one of the things that 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 i that i i'm taking from this 
whole show right now is you said one thing, you know, obviously you've said it before on the show, don't make a decision based out of fear. I totally get that. But also what you're really saying is use this moment starting earlier with say your seven-year-old uh, to your 12-year-old to, so that by the time they do go into teens of not being afraid to say, hey, look, check it out. I know you're really, really close you know, with Will, mm-hmm. and I know you guys are hanging out, and I know that Will has these things going on in his uh, current situation. You know, uh, He's been asked to maybe leave the school, or right. he's getting in trouble in class a lot, or you know, this is happening with him after school at the skate park, and I have to let you know, um, I got to ask you, what is it about Will that you're super into? Because I'm not seeing it right now. Yeah. Well, I like him because A, B, and C. Well, what, a, what you know, and, and, and really- try to ask the question. Let me just jump in for yeah. a second. Anytime, this is just a good rule of thumb, anytime we're having conversations with our children, is try to keep your, like, your commentary out and ask the question in the most neutral way possible. Oh, so because if you preface it, it becomes leading. They're getting cues like, oh, oh dad's not happy about this. Okay, so what's the ah. right thing to say? As opposed to a totally neutral question from a genuine place of curiosity. Tell me what it is you like about Will. I've noticed that you're spending a lot of time with him. Can I tell you, my kids would be like, dad, why are you talking that way? <laughs> <laughs> they, would, they would totally just be like, oh, okay, now you're getting weird. Because Nate will say to me sometimes, he'll be like, uh, why are y'all like serious? Like, okay, so let oh, me do it know, this way. Me, like, okay, so here's the Joe. Here's the Joseph version of this. Yeah. You're driving in the Prius, and you're like, dude, I noticed you're playing a lot. Of, you're spending a lot of time with Will. What's up with that? Like, tell well, me what you're. Tell me what you're doing. Right, it. that wouldn't. So that's it. But it's a totally neutral. Yeah. It's not like I've noticed you've been spending a lot of. I'm not yeah. saying this is what you did, but it's not. So I've uh, been a little concerned because I've heard a lot of bad things about this go. kid, Will. And um, so I'm just wondering, like, why do you want to spend time with him? Yeah, right That's there. a completely different and very leading question, which will cause them to shut down and filter their answer as opposed to a genuine question of curiosity that is wide open and says, huh, I've right. noticed you've been spending a lot of time with Will. What's going on with that? Why? Like, Dad, why are you asking me that? Uh, because, because I, I care about you and I just noticed you've got this new friendship and I just, you know, you're not with me all the time and I really want to know what's going on in yeah, your but life. Why, why? Do you not like Will? I don't know Will well enough to have a judgment or have a, have an opinion. I really want to get to know him through you. Gosh, you're good. <laughs> it takes it, but you know what? When you, the more that you engage in it and like, my gosh. I'm the, almost writing down. Our, I, need to, I need to get to know him more. <laughs> But that's when my kids would be like, what are you talking what about? What are you? Maybe. Who are you? Yeah. You're spending too much time with Anaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, okay. All kidding aside, I mm-hmm. love that. So uh, recap before we get out of here. Uh, first of all, uh, let letting you really open up the conversation as early as possible with your children uh, about the people they're hanging out with, the mm-hmm. friendships they're having. Uh, also, you got to take care of yourself for the kids, for the parents out there with the kids that are like my son, super, super empathetic, yeah. super, super in touch with those feelings. It's a good rule has. of thumb for any child. Yeah. Teach them. You have to take care of yourself, love yourself first in order to love and have healthy relationships. Totally makes sense. And then uh, really going down to like where you're at with a 21 year old is that if you have those conversations now, then the it's almost like it's it, once again, like we always say, it's really building that foundation uh, with them as they're getting older uh, as they're going through these uh, these opportunities for you to make them teaching teachable moments. Right. And to get to know, like, just remember that you don't have any control over the other kid. 
the person that you have influence with, the person that you know you matter to your children is your own child. So instead of wanting to sort of like point the finger and be like, you know, I'm concerned about that, those people's kids or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Be like, what is it? What can I learn about my child by the choices that I'm witnessing him or her make in their relationships, um, in the sports that they like, in the things that like, whatever, okay. like all those things, I'm it's all go, data. I'm going to go hardcore question right now. Uh-oh. Just like, just because, you know, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the person listening to the show and go, okay, I got all this. I, I took it all in, but I need to know one thing. Okay. Is there ever a time where you say, sorry, this ain't happening. That relationship needs to end. Bam. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say, I think that, no, I think we still look at the, cause the end, what I we know, have to be careful of here is, example. I'm just no. saying like, yeah, Hey, yeah. when it comes down to physical injury or physical harm, yeah. sorry, we can't have. Yeah. Okay. Like, but we just, we need to know, like, cause this is, this is a tough question because are we going to do that? Yep. We are. Because there's going to be a moment where as a parent, we are going to be fierce and protective. We'll be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like not happening again. You, you're grounded for 30 days or your, whatever our deal is to really like let our kids know that we're serious. And this is in the interest of like their safety. Know that human behavior, just what we know about the psychology of human beings is the likelihood that they are going to push back, become defensive, and just try to find a way in spite of you to spend time with that kid is significant. And so it's always always better whenever we can to stay, take a step back and say, how am I going to get my child to see what is going on, understand my concerns, and make choices for him or herself that are going to keep them safe? Because we cannot be with our kids 24-7. We want to use these opportunities to give them the tools to, uh, to implement on their own, even when we're not with them, to create as they go into their adult lives to, to create healthy relationships. Anea, love it. Thank you so much. I feel My like we pleasure. covered a lot of territory today. We did. Yeah, and that's real life experience right there. Uh, it was it, it, one of the best things about doing this show is that during the week, like I said, I can write down things that are actually actually mm-hmm. happening in my household. Um, do you remember the show Dragnet when you were a kid? I'm totally aging myself I, right now. No, I remember. I the title is familiar. I've, it's not something I ever right, watched. I'll give you uh, just just for our, our friends out there right now listening. There was a television show called Dragnet. It was in like I want to say like late '60s. And when I was a kid, I was super super into it because every time they did the show, they go the names the names uh, the names oh. have been changed to protect the innocent. And I feel like when we do this show right now, anyone that knows the two of us, I almost feel. Like <laughs> We should say the names. Dun, 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 the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't think my son has a friend named Will. But if there is a kid out there named Will, we don't mean you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. It means so much to Anae and I. I uh, want to let you guys know one more time. Please send in your comments, uh, your ideas, any show topics to Rad parenting at gmail.com uh, if it takes us a little while to answer you not gonna lie it's just Anea and I that is it uh, we are checking the emails as we can answering them also please once again uh, text the word parenting to 313131 it's the best way for us to let you know what's going on with rad parenting and it costs nothing that's right we don't charge you guys anything we just want to stay in contact with you some of the things that we'll be doing in the new year as we always say taking the show out on the road at some point we'll be taking the podcast into a city and doing it live all right with that said anything else in there i'm i'm done tapped you're done you got a busy week ahead of you (laughs) i do all right my name is joe sid with my co-host anaya bogue and we're out of here late (laughs) 